Temptation tricks us into thinking that what's bad for us is good for us when it's actually not. We're used to this type of deception, but the deception we don't often talk about that's very subtle, and if we're not careful, we can miss it, is the opposite of temptation, where the enemy convinces us that Welcome to Beloved Women with me, Christina Patterson, where we empower women in the love of Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word. If you are new here, welcome. Please be sure to subscribe so that you never miss a video. And for those of you returning, welcome back. For daily encouragement, beloved Bible study series, and unlimited videos to grow your faith, I invite you to join the Beloved Women app. We might think that spiritual attack will invoke obvious forms of warfare, like fear and temptation. And while many times it can, the enemy is crafty and has schemes to harm us in ways that we don't always recognize. So in today's video, we will learn why we must not be afraid of spiritual warfare, three subtle ways the enemy may be gaining territory in your life without you even knowing it, and how to stay ready against the enemy so that you are not caught off guard. Before we get started, we must understand something important about the enemy. He is not equal to God. He is a created being just like you and I. And although he does present a real threat, when we are on God's side, we never have to worry about who will win this war. In Christ, we have authority and power to overcome. And if you don't believe that, I'm afraid the enemy has already infiltrated you with disbelief that will not serve you in this battle. Think about it. If you were not a threat, why would the enemy be attacking you so hard? He wouldn't. I always think it's a shame when the enemy believes more in our power in Christ than we do. So as Christians, it's not enough to know that we're in a spiritual war. We need to be ready to fight back because God has empowered us to do so. This is why I have an entire Bible study series on the Beloved Women app called Stand Firm that walks you through how to put on and fight with each piece of spiritual armor described in Ephesians 6. And like I said, you can check out that entire series within the Beloved Women app. All believers have access to these spiritual weapons. Still, we need to know when to use them. And one of the greatest schemes of the enemy is to attack us without even knowing it. So we don't even think to pull out our weapons and use them. So let's discuss a few ways the enemy is tricking us out of fighting with confidence without our even recognizing it. I realized that this was happening to me early on in my marriage when I had a huge argument with my husband. Now, I know now that this was a trick of the enemy because my husband wasn't even there for the argument. It was all in my head. I just knew what he would say and I had a comeback and defense for everything. To overcome this battle, I'd first have to realize that my husband was not my enemy. The Lord opened my eyes to the wisdom found in Ephesians that reveals one of the most tricky ways the enemy deceives us out of victory. It reads, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The enemy will convince you to fight the wrong enemy. Sure, you know you're in a fight, but if you're not clear on who your enemy is, you'll aim your weapons at the wrong target and leave yourself vulnerable to attack. You may feel attacked by someone in your life when it's really the enemy behind the scenes 
attacking your soul. If your reaction is to attack the other person, you've already done more harm than good. And the source of your attack, the enemy, is still free and unharmed, ready to attack you again in the near future. We must be clear-headed and sober-minded to recognize who the real enemy is. When I recognize that this is happening, I say, Lord, please uproot these seeds of deception in my mind and help me to see this battle clearly. Now, I get it. People have the choice to harm us, and it is true that the enemy will use others to attack you, but the source of the attack is still the enemy nonetheless. When we remember that, We can avoid fruitless fights with other people and victoriously fight in the spirit to make real progress because spiritual battles are only won with spiritual weapons. I saw a statistic the other day that shared that women are twice as likely than men to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. So I asked an audience of Christian women at an event that I was leading the other day why this might be the case. Many of their answers included not being able to say no, always having something that needs to get done, no self-care, always taking care of other people, overlooking themselves, and the list goes on. But if I were to sum up most of the answers, it would be a deeply rooted pressure to work and perform. In and of itself, work is not a bad thing, but the enemy has so cleverly twisted our relationship and understanding of work that he has secretly tricked us into overworking, something that God has never called us to do. So now we live in a world where overwork is glorified and rest is considered lazy when in actuality rest, as the Bible tells us, is a gift from God. The enemy has taken full advantage of this to pressure us to work without rest. He's convinced many to believe that they can control their lives and get everything they want with unnecessary and overwhelming amounts of work. But all that it's getting us is sick and weak, which was the enemy's plan all along. He wants to work you so hard that you're always tired and don't have the strength to fight back. So how do we respond? We fight back with rest. The truth is, while the enemy wants you to think rest makes you weak, holds you back, and leaves you behind, rest actually gives us the strength that we need to fight with power. Rest not only re-energizes us, it also shows a faith in what God can do when we're not moving and trying to control everything. It makes room for God to fight for us. This is why the enemy is attacking your rest, because rest is warfare. And if he can make you believe that rest makes you weak, then you will be. God, on the other hand, calls us to rest. Not only is it one of the Ten Commandments, but God himself rested from creation to show its importance. The purpose of rest is not to hold you back, but to create space to propel you forward. Rest gives us strength and helps us to grow closer to God, all while the enemy is trying to separate us from God. And one way the enemy will try to cause this division is to convince you that God is mad at you. Now, I see this one a lot. I've experienced it a lot myself. It's hard to fight with confidence if you don't believe that God is fighting for you and you're not going to think that God is fighting for you if you think that he's mad at you. Now, yes, God will convict us with the purpose of getting us back on track so that we can be in right relationship with him. Note, the purpose is to pull us closer to him, not push us away. But the enemy accuses and condemns us with the purpose of creating space between God and ourselves because he knows that we can never be defeated 
with God. When we think about how the enemy attempts to try to defeat us, we often think about temptation. Temptation is when the enemy deceives us into thinking that something bad for us is good for us when it's really not. We see this with Eve in the garden with the fruit that she was commanded not to eat. And even Jesus in the wilderness when the enemy shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the earth and says that he will give it to Jesus if Jesus would bow down to him. It's never a good deal, but temptation always tricks us into thinking that what's bad for us is good for us when it's not. Now we're used to this type of deception, but the deception that we don't often talk about that's very subtle and if we're not careful, we'll miss it, is the opposite of temptation. Where the enemy convinces us that something that is good for us is bad. Maybe you dream of starting a business, but the enemy plants doubt in your heart and you start to think, oh, maybe I'm just doing too much. Maybe the enemy convinces you not to tithe because of the belief that all churches are greedy and crooked. Maybe he gets you to believe that the guy that you're dating can't be trusted because all men are bad when God actually sent him to you. When we think of discernment, we think of recognizing when something is bad or harmful for us, but it also includes recognizing when something is good and sent from God. Let's not be deceived. As daughters of God, we are in a war that we didn't ask for, but we're in it nonetheless. We must be awake, alert, and aware, and know that we don't have to fight alone. One thing that is good that the enemy has convinced us is bad is asking for help and cultivating community. We say, I don't wanna be a bother or I don't want the drama or I can just do it myself. What we don't realize is that the enemy is subtly attacking us without us even knowing it by isolating us. The enemy is feeding us reasons not to trust others, not to see the best in others, and therefore causing us to put up a wall and block others out. While you think you're protecting yourself, you're actually opening yourself up for attack. I graduated from NC State University and our mascot is the wolf pack. Not one wolf, but the whole pack because we pride ourselves in the motto, the strength of the wolf is the pack. We're better and stronger together, but the enemy wants us to think otherwise. When we're alone, we make for an easier target. You don't have to let any and everyone into your life, but like Jesus, you need a inner circle. A few people that you can trust to pray for you and help you and that you can do the same for them. I've never had a big entourage or group of friends, but in each season that I've lived, God has always provided one or two trusted friends to do life with me and to have my back, and I would do the same for them. I can call or text them at 3 a.m. if necessary, and they will pray for me when I can't pray for myself. And they have walked with me through some of the most difficult seasons in my life. Their companionship was a godsend and invaluable. It served as strength against spiritual attack when I was weak as they covered me. If you don't have that, pray for it and seek that type of community out. God will provide for your needs. 1 Peter 5 verses 8 through 9 says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. While the enemy has a scheme to devour you, God has a plan to prosper you and his plan will prevail. Do not be intimidated and know 
that you are not alone. You have an entire army of sisters fighting the good fight along with you. But more than that, God is fighting for you. I understand the struggle to release control and let God fight your battles. So I want to encourage you to watch this video where I share five practical ways to let God fight for you. For more encouragement, download my free Bible study called Worry Free to learn the three lies feeding your worry and the truth to set you free at belovedwomen.org. Thank you so much for watching today. And until next time, be beautiful, be blessed, and be loved.